We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast slash postgame show. Your Lakers pick up the win three in a row now over the Toronto Raptors. What a win. What an unconventional win. What a bizarre night. Anthony Davis effectively neutralized and everybody else had to step up. And boy, oh boy, did they. D'Angelo Russell, 28 points. He was I don't want to say he's on fire because we know he has ice in his veins. Incredible performance from him. Austin Reeves was big for the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder scoring points. Everybody doing what they needed to do in what was a roller coaster of a game. But the most important part, the Lakers get the win. And it was a perfect night in the NBA for the Lakers because the Minnesota Timberwolves lost to the Nets. The Blazers lost to the 76ers. And the Lakers got the win they needed against the Toronto Raptors, which means they are continuing their climb up the standings right now. The Lakers are sitting just a half a game out of the eight seed, half game behind the Minnesota Timberwolves, one game behind the Warriors and Mavericks in a tie for the sixth seed. That's right. The Lakers climb continues. Joining me tonight to discuss this game, everything going on with the Lakers, it's Jeff Spiegel. Jeff, how are you doing? Man, I didn't I didn't know if we'd be having a happy post game show as we were watching that third quarter, Trevor. But oh uh, a pretty remarkable turn of events from the Lakers in the last last fifteen minutes or so. Uh, we're gonna get into it, but I just you know, there's some nights where things don't seem to go your way. This is one of the opposite ones. The shot selection maybe wasn't what you would draw up if everything were were aligned perfectly, and yet when they go in, you don't ask questions. Yeah, it was uh, results over process, I think. Yep. You know, we talked about this over on Playback. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. We have a blast over there getting to hang out with everybody and watch the games. If you haven't done it yet, come join us over on Playback during the games. It's a ton of fun. Uh, we all get to hang out and chat and talk hoops while the game's on. We're all watching the same stream. It's a good time. So, again, come join us over there. Uh, we'll be uh, doing another one Sunday uh, when the Lakers take on the Knicks. We do every single game, by the way. So you can come join us over there. But um, we were talking about this. I felt like the Lakers got outcoached. Yeah. Arguably outplayed, but they made shots. Yeah. And that was and that was the difference in this game. I thought the Raptors had a better game plan, a better strategy than the Lakers. I don't think we've seen a team do this to the Lakers yet where they essentially remove Anthony Davis offensively from the game. The Raptors somehow pulled that off. Credit to Nick Nurse and the coaching staff. I thought the Lakers got outcoached. But my goodness, when you're hitting the kind of shots that D'Angelo Russell was hitting, Austin Reeves was hitting, Dennis Schroeder was hitting, that can make up for it. And it did. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, I always joke the uh, no, 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 yes shots. Uh, there were a lot of those tonight, you know, situations where maybe it was early in the shot clock. Maybe it was a little more contested than I would have liked. Maybe it wasn't the right person at the right place at the right time, seemingly, and yet they all went in. And so it's hard to argue with that. Uh, D'Angelo Russell finishes five of eight from three. Dennis Schroeder, three of six. And how about this stat, Trevor? Lakers, 19 of 19 from the free throw line tonight. Uh, you know, we know the turnover number wasn't what we wanted it to be, but 
you go shoot 43% from the three-point line, you go 19 of 19 from the free-throw line, and I I completely agree with you. This was not a situation where Darvin Ham um, had his best night, although we could get into it. That lineup he played for the first half of the fourth quarter was successful, but you know, sometimes it's not about coaching. Sometimes it's about the guys on the floor and D'Angelo Russell made a ton of difficult shots. Dennis Schroeder made a couple difficult shots when Gabriel had a difficult layup in there and uh, you add all that together and the Lakers had enough to win tonight. I mean, D'Lo was taking shots where we were saying, oh my gosh, there's 15 seconds left on the clock and he's pulling from five feet beyond the three point line and just draining it. I mean, he was, absolutely incredible once he got going uh, there was just there was just no stopping he was just hitting big shot after big shot after big shot and really closed out the game for the lakers 10 for 17 shooting from d'lo five for eight from three five yeah. boards nine assists he did have four turnovers it was really three he got a turnover at the end of the game for letting the shot clock expire when the game was over uh 28 points for d'angelo russell just tremendous in fact here jeff let, let's just let, let's just knock this out right now let, yeah. let's just do do this superstar of the night can we give this to anyone other than d'angelo russell i know there's other guys that had good performances that we need to talk about but when the lakers needed it the most d'lo stepped up big and just flat out hit shots i believe he hit his five last five three-point attempts for the lakers uh we've hinted at it they weren't necessarily great looks um but they went in and he played with the confidence and a swag for a team that has lacked that at, at many times and who has been on the wrong end of, of some runs late in games. And D'Angelo Russell was just having none of it. So you mentioned it. The turnovers weren't awesome. He had a couple mm-hmm. pretty ugly stretches of basketball. But when this team needed him on the offensive side, he was absolutely money um, making great decisions on the offensive side in the fourth quarter. And so this is a no brainer. D'Angelo Russell was absolutely the reason that the Lakers won this game tonight. So we had the Raptors shot 50% from the field, 36% from three, and the Lakers turned the ball over 20 times. Yeah. When you put those two things together, that is typically not the recipe for a win. But the Lakers wound up shooting 56% from the field, 43% from three. When you're hot, you're hot. Um, And that can change the outcome of of a game here. Let's get to Anthony Davis, though, before we get into our our Super Chats and into our other awards and all that, which is coming uh, Anthony Davis, AD has been a destroyer of worlds. Yeah. He has been going berserk since LeBron went out, right? Dropping 30 yeah. plus points. He's been averaging 33 points over that stretch, grabbing rebounds like crazy. I've been calling him the Mosasaur from Jurassic World because that's the way he rises up above everybody else and just envelops the ball, right? That's yeah. been his rebounding. Tonight, eight points for Anthony Davis. On four of seven shooting, zero free throws, nine boards, three assists, four blocks. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) My analysis of Anthony Davis's game tonight is thank goodness they won, Trevor, because I can only imagine what the comment section of a show like tonight would have looked like had the Lakers lost by five and Anthony Davis has the line he has. Seven field goal attempts. You you mentioned that. uh, That was tied for fifth most on the team. Uh, He was tied with Jared Vanderbilt. Rui Hachimura had two shots more than Anthony Davis. There just wasn't, you know, and and I think the the blame lies in two places. Um, I think there is some blame on Anthony Davis. He can be a little bit more aggressive to go and get the ball and demand the ball from his teammates and and try and take over in moments when things are slipping away in the third. And yet I would place most of the blame on Darvin Ham's inability to make adjustments to what Nick Nurse was drawing up for the Toronto Raptors. We know Nick Nurse is – you know, one of, if not the best coach in all of the league. And he had an incredible game plan for Anthony Davis. We talked about it a lot. Hopefully not a game plan that other teams have the ability to replicate because clearly Darvin Ham did not have answers. And yet all that said, the Lakers won by 10. And so we mentioned it on the, on the playback. I know we keep referencing that, but the Lakers won. As long as they win, I'm fine with four of seven Anthony Davis shooting, you know, as many times as he did. The problem was there was a long stretch of this game, Trevor, where it didn't feel like that was going to be the outcome. No, it certainly didn't. And it seemed like that the uh, their ability to take away Anthony Davis, and part of that is the Raptors have all the wings, right? Yeah. Tons of wings. And, uh, and I'm jealous because I'm one who likes building around wings, just conceptually. I like building NBA teams around wings. 
Um, the Raptors have tons of them, and they use them to their advantage. They use the length that they've got on their floor with Scotty Barnes, with Pascal Siakam, with OG Ananobi. They use those guys to take away Anthony Davis, yeah. and it flustered the Lakers because they kept feeling like, hey, we need to get the ball to AD, and it really took them out of their offensive rhythm, and it created a mess. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until AD got pulled, and you mentioned this, Jeff, when this happened. When AD got pulled, you said maybe this unlocks the Lakers' offense to some degree because they don't have to keep trying to force it to AD and they'll yeah. play a little bit freer. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, I thought there were a few times late where the Lakers, when they did get the ball to AD, the Raptors were doubling and sometimes tripling him. Yeah. And the Lakers finally did a good job moving the ball as a counter and got some open looks from that. But ultimately, if I'm the Lakers coaching staff, if I'm Darvin Ham, if it's tonight, if it's tomorrow, yeah, I am going over everything the Raptors did to them tonight. Because guess what? you're going to see that from here on out. Teams are going to recognize what happened tonight yeah. and they're going to start throwing this at you over and over and over again. So if Darwin wasn't able to come up with a counter on the fly, he better damn well come up with one before their next game. Yeah, it's an all-night film session if I'm the Lakers coaching staff tonight because you have got to have a plan. I, look, for four quarters, they had no answers. Um, their answer eventually was just to take Anthony Davis off the floor because you know it's sort of like, well, we don't have to come up with a problem a solve for this problem if Anthony Davis isn't on the floor at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was concerning to think how seemingly easy it was for the Lakers' number one option to be taken out of this game. That's that's terrifying. And yes, Nick Nurse, again, elite coaching. Raptors, one of the best defensive teams, one of the best equipped teams defensively when it comes to the length and the size and the athleticism and the, just sort of the individual talent they have. So not every team the Lakers play are, are going to even come close to being able to replicate this. And yet, when you get into late into the season and hopefully into a playoff series or something like that, these are the types of things that that could become problems for the Lakers. So again, headline here is Lakers win. It's not Anthony Davis only takes seven shots. For now. <laughs> for now, that's no. not if If they did not win this game, if D'Lo doesn't go berserk and Austin Reeves doesn't do the things he does and Schroeder... Um, this we this conversation would be dominating. This Darvin show. Ham wouldn't Darvin Ham wouldn't want to read the comments of this show no. if uh, if they had lost. No, definitely not. Uh, Drew Potter, whether LeBron is one hundred percent or eighty percent, if he returns, one thing is he will be rested. Adding a rested LeBron to this squad, oh my. Uh, Jeff, we've been talking about this with a lot yeah. of the Lakers wins. It's safe to say that they are not winning this game pre trade deadline. Yeah, it's not happening. And, and that's not just D'Lo was the guy who went nuts. I think the team didn't have this kind of battle, this kind of fight in them. Um, yeah. They they would play hard, but they found ways to lose games. This team, like the only way you were winning this game is if you got insanely hot from three. So they yeah. got insanely hot from three and they just started hitting everything. Um, this team is finding ways to win games. LeBron was complimentary, excited on Twitter. Yeah, I think, and Brian Windhorst said this earlier today, that LeBron and the Lakers understand that they've got a team that can potentially do something special. And LeBron is doing everything he possibly can to get back. I think he's seeing how much fun this team is having and he can't wait till he can get back out there with this group because this has been a really, really fun team. Even if tonight schematically wasn't always great. Yeah. This team has breathed new life into the Lakers fan base. They are now eight and three since the trade deadline, since adding the pieces from the trade deadline. Yeah. And look, we just had a long conversation about the Raptors shutting down Anthony Davis. You know, what doesn't happen if LeBron James is on the floor. Anthony Davis doesn't get shut down in this game because uh, the Lakers, the reason that the Raptors could run the defense that they did is they basically were daring the Lakers to find somebody else to beat them. We're, I mean, literally, you, you said triple teamed. That often is an exaggeration. It was not an exaggeration. Anthony Davis was triple teamed when he got the ball because they were looking around and saying, who's going to beat us? Troy Brown? Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Rui Hachimura, like we'll take our chances. Well, unfortunately, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and Dennis Schroeder ended up beating you. But I think LeBron James is the answer to the problem of Anthony Davis being shut down that we were just talking about. So yeah. to Drew's point, oh my goodness, this team with an unlocked Anthony Davis and LeBron James could get scary. Absolutely. They, again, we've been saying it. they can be that proverbial team nobody wants to see. Come playoff yeah. time. Um, extend D'Lo right now, Rob. 
that was um, before the trade was even executed. I can tell you guys this. That was a conversation the Lakers front office was already having was, hey, if we are going to get D'Lo, we're going to need to look at, at doing an extension with him. Um, I believe it when they say they, they weren't getting him. And same thing with Rui. They weren't getting these guys to be short-term players. They weren't getting these guys to watch them walk away in the summer. Um, and wins like this will only continue to cement that because the one thing, Jeff, that we've been worried about or I've been worried about is that the Lakers get to the summertime and that temptation is there to do a double sign and trade D'Lo for Kyrie and they just can't help themselves. Yeah. Um, or the temptation to clear the books and watch all these guys walk away and then sign Kyrie in free agency. But if you keep winning games like this, yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah. It's just for the first time, I know this comments about D'Angelo Russell. For the first time, you've got a team that makes sense. I mean, you talked about pre-treadline, pre-deadline, post-deadline. A hundred minutes played tonight by guys who were acquired after the trade deadline. And you look at the guys who were on the bench, Max Christie, Devon Reed, Lonnie Walker, who did not play, Wenyan Gabriel, who only played 15 minutes. I mean, the level of upgrade that you receive from Vanderbilt and Russell and Beasley and Hachimura compared to the guys who were shipped out or the guys who were left DNP tonight, it's it, you cannot overstate the gap between those two groups of players. And I know we're not talking about star-level players. I mean, we could have a conversation about D'Angelo Russell, but just the raising the floor of this team, I think is what I, that was the language I kept using. And tonight's the night when you see the advantage of just raising the floor guys that can just keep you close until somebody like D'Angelo Russell has a special stretch of basketball. Well, and that's, and that's where not only is it a raised floor, but it's also a raised ceiling. Yeah, I agree. They didn't have the ceiling to go, to go berserk like this and have, look, I, I mean, I, I know he's polarizing and all that. And I don't, I, I don't particularly like all of the hate that's directed towards Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook isn't doing what D'Angelo Russell did tonight. Yeah. Just, he's not. That's not that's not his game. So it was just a tremendous performance from him. And yeah, look, if you could keep these guys, I think you've got something here. I think yeah. they've got something with it. I mean, we're going to get into the Super Chat in a minute. I'm sure there's going to be other people talking about him. But there was a play, Jeff, you called this out, where Jared Vanderbilt defended two guys and got the steal. Yeah. Like by himself defended two players and got the steal. Like yeah. unbelievable which to, stuff. Which led to D'Angelo Russell's transition three that was a no, 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 yes, yeah. three-point attempt. But I mean, that's just one play that encapsulates. It's a five-point swing, essentially. And uh all 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 done by guys that that were not here a couple of months ago. Um Arun said, What a game, and what the hell was that third quarter? There was a what it was about halfway through the third quarter. The Lakers had two points. Yeah, I think they, that well, they had one field goal. I think it was like eight and a half or nine minutes in, they yeah. had one field goal. They might have had a couple free throws, but they were one for eleven from the floor. Yeah. That was, yeah. was that was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um and that was where they just kept turning the ball over. And their the Raptors defense was great. And the Lakers kept trying to force the ball to AD and it wasn't happening, and they were all out of sorts. I thought that Darwin needed to call another timeout a little earlier and yeah. didn't. And I, I wasn't super thrilled with that. But when he pulled AD and Wendy came in and then they started playing free, that turned the whole game around. So, And then Darwin, to his credit, stuck with that group that had turned things around. Uh, I give a lot of credit, too, for that stretch in the third, for keeping the Lakers right there, to Austin Reeves. Um, yeah. Austin finishes this game with 32 minutes played, 6 for 10 shooting, didn't hit a 3. He was 0 for 2 from deep. But five assists, one block, 18 points, plus 26. I felt like there were moments there in the third where the Lakers were getting close to letting go of the rope. And yeah. every time there was Austin to make a big play, get a bucket that they badly needed. And he really kept them close enough to where then along comes D'Lo to surge them ahead with this scoring barrage. Yeah, I believe it was right at the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. He had a stretch in which I believe he scored seven consecutive points for the Lakers and had that chase down fast break block that went off of Gary Trent's legs. Yes. And so I think it was the Lakers went from down eight to down two over that stretch. And it was entirely Austin Reeves doing so. You know, we were I, I was kind of mentioning that. I was like, hey, let's not forget about that stretch. That's what it was. It was with four seconds left in the third. He hits back-to-back -back free throws. They come out in the fourth. He gets the and-one bank shot, a 12-foot pull-up from the free throw line. Then he gets the block 
going the other way. And all of a sudden, the lead at that point is cut to 92 to 90. Dennis Schroeder hits a three, and bang, all of a sudden the Lakers have the lead and pretty much never look back. So that stretch by Austin Reeves, completely agree. It was kind of the unsung hero of this game. Uh, Brian says, this team feels special. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Go Lakers, 500 on Sunday. Oh my gosh, Jeff. I had I had let I, I hadn't thought of that. I yeah. don't know why I was so wrapped up in this win. They're one game under five hundred. This team can be five hundred. They started two and ten. Yeah, they can be five hundred if they beat the Knicks on we Sunday. Shouldn't be, we shouldn't be as excited as we are, Trevor. I mean, given I just how like far for, behind yeah. they started. Like I totally. look at it this way, Jeff. I look at it this way. We saw one Lakers team pre-trade deadline, and this is a different team. Yeah, we're seeing this is a different Lakers team. There's six new players. This is a different Lakers team post trade deadline. And that team, this team is having to dig their way out. Yeah, I said going in that if they can get to 500 by the end of the season, that would be a they would that would be enough to get them into the play in. And I'd be pretty happy with that. If they can get to 500 with what, 15, 14 games left. Yeah. Oh, man, that that would be really exciting. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, 15 games. So, yeah, it would be 14 games left after Sunday if they were to yeah. win. Um. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But yeah, I, I just laugh. Here we are as Lakers fans, like getting all fired up about being 500, but the context of this team and where they were and, and honestly the standings around them, like, you know, there's a lot of time, there've been a lot of seasons where a 500 record, uh, you know, is not a top eight seed, obviously, mm -hmm. but this is a different year where there's a lot of teams hovering around that 500 record, one or two above one or two below. And so um, if you're the Lakers, it's just about stacking wins. Like they have been, we've talked about, coming out of the all-star breakout, they had a really difficult five game stretch coming out. And then probably the easy, one of the easiest schedules in basketball after that point, the fact that they're what, what did you, you know, what are they since the all-star break? Uh, uh, just, I don't know off the top of my head what they are post all-star break, but I mean, I what, eight and eight and two post trade, I think is what you said. And so, you know, maybe they're six and two or six and three since the all-star break, um, which is, you know, kind of, in many ways, more than more than I would have expected. I would have been fine if it was a little bit slower coming out of the All-Star break and you close strong, but it, this team's been really, really impressive, and they keep winning games that are close. These are the games that the Lakers in the first half just kept losing. And the Lakers, as of right now, uh, according to Tankathon, the Lakers ranked 28th in remaining strength of schedule. So yeah. that means that only two teams in the NBA have an easier strength of schedule in terms of opponents win, win percentage from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So there you go. That's good. J dog Lakers fan said, I feel like this coaching staff waits too long during a run to adjust. Other teams respond within four to six points. We did notice that. Didn't we? The Raptors called the timeout very quickly. Now, obviously yeah. that didn't stop the D low onslaught, but the Lakers coaching staff does consistently 
wait a play or two longer than I'm comfortable with anyway um, before they call a timeout and try to help out the team. Sometimes it works out. Um, We saw it today. Austin made a big play when I was on playback saying, you know, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout, and then Austin scores. Sometimes it works out, and and then I look silly. Other times uh, it doesn't, but I do. I would prefer if they're a little bit quicker on the trigger using those timeouts. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's one of those things where there's a positive side to this and a negative side to this. The same thing that that causes Darvin Ham to maybe let a 6-0 run turn into a 10-0 run is probably the same part of him that stuck with that lineup in the, the first half of the fourth quarter when a lot of us would have gone away from that a lot quicker and, and that lineup continued to build the lead. So I think there's some piece of him that's a little bit more patient than maybe somebody like myself would like. And sometimes that's a good thing. And other times you could point to it and say, Hey, a little less patience, a little more urgency. But again, tonight is not the night to complain about it because ultimately it ended up working. You know, Jeff, when I, when I stop and I think about this, I think about how much fun the last few weeks have been post trade deadline, how the feel around this team has been different, how the, the vibe has been how it's felt like Lakers basketball again, that if you look away for any moment, you could miss something really special happening. Yeah. Um, I just got to say, you know, for all the people right now that are, that are watching the show live for all the people that are listening in the podcast or watching the show after the fact you guys, you know, we went through a lot last year, the worst season I've been saying in Lakers history, the most miserable season. There were some bumps in the road this year. I think it's important that collectively we take a moment and we, we enjoy this, what we're yeah. seeing right now, because it's been a while since we've gotten to see this. It's been a while since we've gotten to have fun with Lakers basketball. And I got to say, this has been a blast getting to come on here and yeah. talk and see all of the comments and see so many fans fired up. I wish we got to do this more often. I wish we got to do this earlier in the season. I wish we got to do this last season. But man, it, it feels good to see all these people in here right now celebrating a Lakers win and excited about Lakers basketball again. Yeah. We got 12,000 people on Facebook or on YouTube or whatever, watching this live, which is remarkable. And, you know, I I don't mean to turn this in a potentially negative way. It's not negative about the Lakers, but I agree with you. There is something different about this team and Trevor, you've probably already answered this, but I'm curious. Do you think that has more to do about the guys who aren't here anymore or more to do with the guys who are here? Obviously it's a combination of the two for sure. But as I think about it, I almost wonder if it has way more to do with the guys that aren't here anymore, who just played a brand of basketball and maybe carried themselves in a way that wasn't appealing to me, wasn't enjoyable to me, regardless of successful or unsuccessful. And obviously the guys who have come in help, but there just feels like a freedom that this team has that, again, I would attribute more to who is not here than than maybe the guys that have been brought in. What do you think? I, I think it's more the guys that are here. I think it's more the guys that are. I think that what I think that yes, if you took like we were saying all season that if you took Russell Westbrook's contract, the forty-seven million dollars, and you turned that into three rotation players, two or three rotation players as a team, you're going to be better. But I don't think in our wildest dreams we would have thought that you could take Russell Westbrook's contract and the three rotation players. We were talking, yeah, you know, are you going to get? Uh, Doug McDermott, right? Is that is that who you're going to... Are you going to get Josh Richardson? I don't think yeah. we would have thought that Jared Vanderbilt, who's playing defense at an insane level alongside Anthony Davis, yeah, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, who would look... Malik Beasley, we'll talk about him, but he hasn't really had it going. But I don't think in our wildest dreams we would have thought that you could get those three guys the way that they did. And so yeah. I think it's it's not just yes they've they've provided balance to the roster yes yes you've taken guys who didn't really fit you've replaced them with guys who did fit you've increased your depth all of those things certainly matter but it's not just that you added three rotation it's the quality of the players that you've added to me that has made such a such a huge difference for this Lakers team but I think ultimately the truth is somewhere in the middle right it's both yeah. things it's both 100% things. and I do think I have as much as I valued balance on a roster prior to all of this, I think I undervalued it still because I watched this team and it is just like, oh yeah. I mean, cause like Trevor, the, the night we're sitting here, the reason the Lakers won tonight 
was not because of their star players. The reason yeah. they won tonight is because they had enough bullets in the chamber that they could keep firing and knowing that, okay, tonight was D'Angelo Russell's night and Dennis Schroeder's night and Austin Reeves' night, even if it wasn't Anthony Davis's. Like, you just have more outs in a game like tonight when you've got a roster that is as deep as the one they have. And we were saying, like, who's going to step up? I mean, it was Jared Vanderbilt hits two threes in the first half, and we're laughing. Like, you got to be kidding me. This is, like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. They were perfect from the free throw line. It was just one of those nights. And so I think as high as I was on roster balance, I was actually too low because, yeah, I mean, and this isn't to diminish the guys they brought in because those guys matter. But it's just like having competent NBA players, above average NBA players, one through eight, one through nine, is is something that like that's the reason they won tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why, big picture, I'm out on the three star roster build. If it yeah. requires you to sacrifice all your depth, I think depth is more important in today's NBA. But yeah. that's a whole other long conversation for us to get into. Uh, Bruce said, "Super win by the Lakers. D'Lo and Shooter played fantastic." One more win to 500. It's only up from here. Let's get that six seed. Six seed is not out of the question right now. Which is, I, I was which laughing is in the group chat like two weeks ago when somebody was talking about the six seed. I'm like, let's chill. Let's just try to get in right? to the play-in game. And I was dead wrong because this team continues to win games like tonight that that for all, most of the season, it felt like they were going to lose. So they are one them, I was game, wrong. They're one game back. One yeah. game back of the Crazy. six seed right now. They are half a game back of the eight seed. Like, uh, they're, they are, they're right there. They are knocking on that door. You I know mean, what? The I five seed. Heck the five seeds in play. Yeah, potentially. I mean, the Thank Clippers goodness. are only a half game, half game above, above the six seed. So it's wild stuff right now. All right, let's, let's get into this. Cause we do have another award we need to get to here. Star in your role. Okay. D'Lo was the unanimous superstar of the night. Star in your role. To me, I think it comes down to Schroeder and Reeves. Yeah. Who are you going with there, Jeff? I'll go Reeves. I'm a big Schroeder guy, but six turnovers, a little too much for me to overlook as good as I thought he was. I, I just keep coming back to that stretch, end of four, end of third, beginning of fourth. I think the Lakers lose, plain and simple. I think they lose this game, if not for Austin Reeves. Um, just his effort, his tenacity. I mean, we talk about the lack of urgency so often. Um, early in the season with this group. That's never been an issue for Austin Reeves. And, and I think it was perfectly embodied on that chase down block of Gary Trent. And, and I would encourage anybody to go back and find a highlight uh, of that. Incredible. Look at where Austin Reeves starts. I mean, he started that defensive series five or six steps behind Gary Trent. He's at half court. Gary Trent's well above him, ahead of him, but he chases it down. Not only that, but doesn't foul, gets the ball and smacks it off of Trent's leg. So it, it was a 7-0 run personally by Austin Reeves to close an eight-point deficit plus a great defensive play. That was absolutely sort of the turning point, I thought, for this game. And it was a one-man show. It, there was nobody else involved in that besides oh. Austin Reeves. He was he was tremendous. He would be my pick as well. Uh, Peter says he was at the game. D'Lo was incredible. Peter, that must have been an incredible game to be at. Um, what a roller coaster of emotions. But most people in the chat are saying Austin Reeves. Yeah. Um, Four steals I, for Dennis. Four steals. You got to say that for Dennis. Dennis has... Look, people get frustrated with him. I've been a defender of, of Dennis in general. Um, I think that based on the bang for your buck you're getting on his contract, you, yeah. you can't be upset. He put up 23 points tonight. The four steals, how many times did he track back after yeah. a turnover and pick off uh, a pass, uh, the, a hit-head pass? Did a tremendous job there. And he's been great closing games out for the Lakers. He's been great closing. He hits his free throws. He makes good plays. He hits tough shots. Uh, I thought Dennis, this, the turnovers were not good, and there were moments where he looked bad. But when the Lakers really needed him, he made big plays. But the other guy, you know, the chat is mentioning this, like Ken here, Rui. Yeah. I'm, you know, and he's, I I am I was so focused going into this show on D'Lo, Reeves, Schroeder, those, those three. But the chat has a point. When they're talking about Rui Hachimura, I think it's just Rui did most of his damage earlier in the game, and we got absorbed by the late game stuff. But yeah. Rui was seven for nine, one of two from three, 16 points, uh, three boards. And I thought that some of his scoring was so, so critical. Yeah. When it looked like the things were going to start falling apart for the Lakers, there was Rui managing to put in a bucket to kind of keep them afloat. 
Yeah. So first I got to apologize. People in the chat get mad at me for getting too excited and screaming into my microphone. So apologies to everybody on that <laughs> front. I think with Rui, Rui was great. It's just not sexy, right? Like it's like eight foot pull-ups just, you know, that he just feels like sure. he makes a hundred percent of the time. And those just aren't quite as memorable. I think that's his quote unquote downfall when it comes to something like this. Cause to your point, seven of nine, you know, we talk about all these guys with, with turnover problems, two turnovers for him. So less than Schroeder, less than D'Angelo Russell three rebounds. So I, I thought he was really, really solid. Um, I, I would put him right, right alongside Dennis Schroeder. Again, I think Reeves that stretch to keep them in the game um, gives him the edge, but I, I think all three of those guys, and I mean, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's the other guy that we haven't mentioned 16 yeah. points, two steals, four rebounds. Um, he hits two big threes in the first half, five of seven from him. Um, the great defense on that front. So, um, you know, I think all those guys, deserve deserve some credit there were a bunch of guys that played really really well on the depth side of the roster yeah i mean how we didn't even mention we had mentioned vando and he was like he was also great in the first half hitting the threes and being everywhere and but that's what it takes right when anthony davis is essentially played out of the game you need everybody else to step up yeah and they did like the the focus is going to go on delo and then it's going to fall to Reeves. And for good reason, they were great. But without Rui doing what he did, without Vando doing what he did, you know, you're not, without Schroeder, you're not winning this game. Yeah. And to be clear, when I say Rui, what he did isn't sexy. That's not a, that's not a diss on Rui. No, no, no. I feel like people in the chat took that as a negative comment. That was not, that was not intended to be a negative comment. It's just, it's the simple things, you know, um, which add up over time. So kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's not, you know, a dig at, at Rui. It's just, Look, if you score efficiently, you score. That's yeah. great. You, you'll yeah. take it, right? Even if it's not pretty, uh, you'll take it. Uh, let's see. M. Dread said, no, no, bro. No AD, no problem. No brawn, no AD. Not literally, no problem. LFG, D-Lo. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, you won this game without both your stars, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, Anthony Davis, again, he did some stuff on the boards and blocking shots and stuff. Uh Abram, amazing team win. It was incredible seeing a Lakers team with actual shot makers. When's the last time we saw multiple pull-up threes from one player? Uh, that we got to celebrate after as they went in? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it was it, it the the I said the confidence that D'Angelo Russell played with was what this team needed down the stretch. You know, he just plays like a guy that just always assumes his next bucket is going in and that's an energy that this team needs. Dante was something we do need to discuss here. Said bench Malik Beasley, start Austin Reeves. Malik Beasley will play better off the bench. I feel there's too much pressure on him in the starting lineup. So Malik Beasley, we talked about this a little bit during the game. He derives a lot of his value from his three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. His last tonight, one for five. Last game, one for six. Game yeah. before that, one for four. Three for six against Minnesota, but that was a loss. Three for 12 against OKC. Two for four against Memphis. He is shooting 29%, and I'm rounding up to get there, from three in the month of March in five games so far for the Lakers. Fans getting frustrated. Is it time to put in Austin Reeves in place of Malik Beasley? I think it's a fair question. Uh, I mean, Reeves played almost 12 or 13 more minutes than, than Beasley did tonight. Um, obviously not in the starting lineup, but I, I, I don't know, Trevor. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot. I, I just, sometimes I think there's too much of an emphasis placed on who's starting games. Sure. And I just, to me, Austin Reeves makes sense on the second unit because of the playmaking. I mean, that stretch I'm talking about the end of the third to the beginning of the fourth. The reason he was in is because he wasn't in that like sort of quote unquote first group. Um, and yet there he was closing the game when the Lakers needed him as well. And so um, I, I personally don't have a problem with Beasley starting. I mean, if Reeves started over him, I wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me either. Um, I, I think if you've got balance on a roster, like, like the Lakers do, then you're just going to have guys coming off the bench that you wish weren't coming off the bench. And so um, I, I think Reeves is, is a better player for the Lakers. If that's what we're talking about for sure. Yeah, I mean, Beasley is not shot well. He did have three turnovers. A couple of them were kind of sloppy. It was not a good game for him. I was saying going into the night that Beasley needed a bounce-back game in the worst way, yeah. and it didn't come in this one. But we've seen this with shooters. You, I mean, there's ebbs and flows to it. Yeah. 
just the way it goes. You you have cold streaks, you have hot streaks. And so I I do think that he was negatively impacted by losing LeBron. I was hoping that re the return of D'Lo would help with that. And tonight it wasn't, the result wasn't there for him. But I think Darwin has done a good job the last two games of reading when Malik Beasley has it and when he doesn't and just handing those minutes over to Austin. So I think you're getting the same effect and we tend to get caught up on starting or not as a sign of just merit, right? If yeah. you start, you are inherently the better player, yeah. which is usually true, but not always. And I think Darwin is doing a good job of kind of reacting mid game. Hey, who's having the better game and let's go with that guy. Yeah. De I mean, Dennis Schroeder, another example of that didn't start, mm -hmm. but ends up playing, uh, leading the team in minutes. <laughs> so there you go. They, I think, and Ro Reeves might've been second. Yeah, he's close. So two of the guys who, who played the most minutes on the Lakers tonight didn't start. Uh, Cameron said Toronto hasn't lost three straight games since January 17, 2021. Really? Shout out to this is the first home game win. Okay, the Lakers' first home game win against the Raptors since November 30th, 2014. Wow. We should be paying Cameron $4.99 for that sort of sort I know. Of that's, that's, a, that's a great stat there. I did not know that. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, nurse, man. If you're the Raptors and you think about the way you executed and the games you got, OG Ananobi was 12 for 14 and put up 31 points. Scotty Barnes was 13 for 19 and got any shot he wanted because the Lakers were playing small most of the time and he just dominated them. Yeah. He put up 32 points, nine boards, seven assists, 10 assists for Fred Van Vliet. In this game. Yeah. If you're the Raptors, you got to be thinking, what what do I have to do? What, what do we have to do here? We we removed Anthony Davis from the game. We got great performances out of our wings. We shot efficiently, and yet they lost the game. Yeah. Yeah. G Gary Trent 0 for 9. That that's not super helpful. It just kind of a funny box score. I mean, Siakam only had 12 tonight. Um, they only had four guys in double figures. Van Vliet had eight. I mean, he's like down to five points. It's it was the bench scoring. I mean, I think there was a stat they showed. When you look at the Lakers scoring, um, their top four scores, well, excuse me, uh, three of their top four scores were all guys off the bench. Rui gave you 16 off the bench, Reeves 18 off the bench, Schroeder 23 off the bench. So the Lakers got that sort of production from their bench, whereas on the opposite side of the floor, um, 20 total points, I believe, from the Toronto bench. So uh, you make a great point, Trevor. You look at the box score, and this is one that, that the Raptors are going to be very confused by. Um, when you look at sort of the percentages and the turnovers and that kind of thing, you're like, usually if if this looks like this and that looks like that, we should expect to win, and yet they lose by 10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely incredible. Like, it, the Raptors had to leave this game thinking, like, we executed our game plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, yeah. Um, 12 DeLorean, bad timeout, bad rotation again for Darvin Ham. Shaking my head. I don't, I don't know. Like, I need to get into there's a few other comments here about Darvin Ham. Um, but this is like, yeah. I, I didn't think that Darvin Ham had coached a perfect game. I thought the Lakers got out coached. But here, like Jonathan says, props to Darvin Ham for knowing that sitting AD would throw their game plan off. Three low Austin Reeves, uh, three guard lineup, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. I thought that the difficult decision was to keep AD on the bench a little bit longer in the fourth quarter and let that group kind of run with it. Yep. And he made that. He made that call. And then I thought that he also brought AD back at the right time. So there was yeah. a lot that I thought didn't go well and, and that did the coaching staff didn't do well in this one. And but I thought that some big decisions late that ham made were the right ones. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think you make a great point. Like, if we have a player who struggles for three quarters and then lights it up in the fourth quarter, 
and they win, the narrative is never going to be about the first three quarters for that player. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, the guy that superstar of the night had a stretch in the beginning of the third quarter where he had like three turnovers in a two and a half minute stretch and he got pulled and nobody's talking about it because he crushed it in the fourth and the Lakers win. I think the same goes for Darvin Ham. You and I were sitting there and we're looking, we're like, still no Anthony Davis, still no Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. still no Anthony Davis. And yet the Lakers started the fourth quarter losing. And by the time Anthony Davis checked into the game, they had um, he came in with 553 left in the game, I believe, if I'm looking at this right. And the Lakers were were uh, leading that game by seven points at that point. So that just goes to show you, you know, they were down five and then plus. So they, there was a 12 point swing to start the fourth with that group that did not include Anthony Davis. And I got to give credit to Darvin Ham, a guy that I've been highly critical of throughout the season because. That's a gutsy call to not bring Anthony Davis in for the first six plus minutes of the fourth quarter. And yet that group's plus 12 and they're the reason they won. Yeah. And that, again, that's not an easy decision to make, especially when AD has been playing like an MVP for the yeah. past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Tyler said, give D'Lo the max. We don't need Kyrie. Well, if D'Lo keeps putting up 28 points, he's probably going to ask for the max, but let's not get too crazy here because remember, there's going to be a domino effect on some other decisions, depending on how much you give D'Lo. Uh, why were D'Lo and and Vanderbilt on the bench in the third? I know that Darwin didn't want to overtax D'Lo, didn't want to play him too many minutes, like a little bit of a minutes limitation in his first game back from injury. So I'm sure that was part of it. Um, as far as Vanderbilt, I don't know, but uh, again, that's. I mean, the whole the whole team was awful in the third quarter. I mean, he yes. would have benched the whole group, I think, if that was an option. So those guys just started started out first and got benched quickest. Uh, Jay Sop said, if Beasley is benched at halftime instead of the fourth, the Raptors never come back. I don't look at what happened at the, in the third quarter and say, oh, that's all on Beasley. That was that was on everybody. Yeah. Uh, Koa, D'Angelo, like I never left Russell. The three guards won the game. Boy, that's weird to say, but we got to talk about AD's seven shots, zero free throws, sat most of the fourth. Uh, we did. I, I don't want to rehash that because we already did get into what's going on with AD there. But yes, the three-guard lineup. Look, Dar... Darvin is definitely going to stick with the three guard lineup now after this one, as much as we've maligned it. Yeah. Uh, Mamba he, mentality. He just, signed, he just signed the three guard lined up to an 18 month extension. That's right. That's right. We are going to see three guard lineups from here on out. That's for sure. Um, Jacob P was uh, the losing to the oh, Lakers Yaka with, Oh, Yaka Pertle. Okay. I see. Was losing to the Lakers with the Spurs with the Raptors lost to the Lakers once more. JK, the real story of the game, Lakers depth defeated the Raptors. Uh, Senpai said April 4th, not a day sooner. For the first time in a while, I can comfortably say they don't need him to win these games, get extra rest and be a full go. He's talking about LeBron. Um, LeBron come back April 4th. You know, we're going to be waiting on pins and needles to find out what LeBron's reevaluation looks like in what, a couple weeks? Yeah. But again, I don't, he's not going to be back right when he has his reevaluation. He's got to get back on the floor. And that's assuming he gets, he's given a green light there. He's got to get his legs under him again. He's got to get back into a rhythm. That's going to take some time. But if the Lakers keep playing like this, then you don't have to rush him back. You can give him that that time to come back and get his get back into it. The only counter I would have to that, Trevor, is I think the way that the playoffs are structured, you have got to put all of your chips on the table to get that six seed. I, oh, sure. I, you know, yeah. you know. So I, look, they're not there yet, and they might be if if they if it continues on this trajectory, they might get to the six seed without him, but. At some point, you know, it's not worth giving him an extra two or three games of rest to find yourself in a brutal, you know, kind of do or die situation. Even even if you're the seven or the eight seed, you know, you've got to win one out of two, that kind of thing. So I do think there's got to be some urgency to get to that six seed. But I still agree with the general sentiment sentiment here of uh, of the commenter. Uh, 12 DeLorean. Why is Dennis Schroeder in the closing lineup and not Troy Brown Jr.? Dennis has been, somebody had the advanced stats on Schroeder in crunch time and he's been phenomenal. And I thought he was really good uh, tonight for the Lakers too. He did have the one pass that he like threw into the first row, which was bizarre, but otherwise he made some tough shots, made some big plays for the Lakers, did some good things defensively. I don't look, Troy Brown has been really good for the Lakers. I don't think this suddenly means he's out of the rotation. The Lakers found a rotation that was finding, was having success and they stuck with it. And I don't fault Darvin for that at all. I don't. I didn't look at this closing lineup and say, "Oh my gosh, why is Troy not on the floor?" 
the the downside was Scotty Barnes was getting easy looks over the top of smaller defenders, but I think you were getting more than enough on the other end to counter that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, like, like a number of the guys on the Lakers had pretty rough stretches in this one, but he hit a big shot there down the stretch. I thought he was one of their better. Def- I, I just, I am. What do you think of Dennis Schroeder's defense? I think really highly of it. I, I don't feel like it gets necessarily talked about a ton or maybe appreciated for steals tonight, but I just feel like he's a really good defender that maybe doesn't get, you know, I'm not saying he's elite. I'm not saying he's one of the best in the league, but him and Austin Reeves, I feel like are a pretty substantial step up from some of the other options defensively among guards. He's, he's certainly feisty where he yeah. has issues is that he's six foot. Yeah. And he's not, yeah, yeah. he's six foot, like what? One sixty or something like that. Right. right. That's the problem. If, if Dennis Schroeder was Troy Brown's size, he'd be probably one of the best defenders in the NBA. Right. Yeah. But his size limits how good he can be defensively and teams will pick on him there. But he also has a knack for making big plays in crunch time and, and making big steals and things like that. And so I'm look, he is getting the most out of his frame that you're that he can get defensively. Yeah. It's it is not for a lack of effort or a lack of trying. He gives everything he's got on that end of the floor and he gets the most he possibly can. Um, and there are just some limitations with his size, but you can't fault the guy for the effort that he puts in there. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be in the right place. I mean, I'm just thinking of, um, coming out of that. I, I forget that Toronto had called the timeout and he picks up Fred Van Vliet full court mm-hmm. and just pest, pest, pest actually gets the steal, misses the layup. But oh, yeah. those are the moments where it was like, that just, you know, anyways, to why he was out there. I think he, he gives you something defensively. Will says Ham said the three-guard lineups here to stay, of course. Johnny says huge win, one game away from six. This is what depth does. I'm fine with Reeves off the bench. He provides that balance and spark. No worries, AD Delo is here. This imagine once, imagine once hearing before. yourself say that out loud. Like right? Two months ago. Hey, don't worry about don't worry about Anthony Davis having whatever, you know, eight points or nine points or whatever he had. We got D'Angelo Russell's here to take over and carry us to wins. Yeah, Mario says the same thing. AD had a subpar game, but it didn't matter. I'm trying to remember the game off the top of my head, but one of the first games the Lakers had with the new lineup, LeBron and AD were not good. Yeah. I want to say it's that game against the Warriors, and they won. Yeah, I think and they and still I won. That game. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It's it's the game against the Warriors. Uh, LeBron had 13. AD had 12. And <laughs> yeah. the Lakers won the game by 13 points. Yeah. Like, that. you just you weren't seeing this stuff. Yeah, out of this Lakers team pre-traded line. And that's two wins. I mean, that, that, that's a two-game swing in what, you know, 10 games since this trade has mm-hmm. happened that is directly related to squad depth. Uh, Koa said, so many highlights from Austin Reeves. The dunk broke Trent's ankles and hit the shot, then chased him down to slap the ball off his leg. All the momentum swing plays. That ankle breaker was pretty nasty. And you wouldn't think of Austin Reeves as a guy to hit one of those. Yeah. And, and man, he... uh if Gary Trent Jr. is going to hear about that one. I have a feeling. Uh, and the 0 for 9 is just the cherry on. It's the cherry on top of it. Just an awful night for Gary yeah. Trent. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, LeBron AD could be the closing unit in the playoffs. Could be. Three, three guard lineup. Get excited. It could be. It could be. Uh, I it think it's going to be matchup yeah. dependent, though. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, Young Ninja with a very simple question Do you believe now? I mean, believe in like that the Lakers are serious NBA finals contenders. Maybe I'm not quite there yet, but do yeah. I believe that this team could finish the season as a six seed and, you know, not be a team that anybody's going to want to play in the first couple rounds? Absolutely. I, I believe more than I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm going to have to see LeBron James step into this group and to, to sort of really have a sense of what the ceiling is, but. I've said all along, LeBron and AD, I mean, this isn't a unique take. LeBron and AD in a playoff series, you just take your chances. I feel a lot better about that now, knowing that they've got four or five guys behind those two who on a given night could give you 20 to 25. And so, yeah, I I believe a lot more now than I did a couple weeks ago. Let me ask you this. Do you believe the Lakers are a good team? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, do you, like, do you, what, uh, like I would be surprised if this team was in the Western Conference Finals. I think. Sure, that's fair. I mean, the, you know? look, this is 
we're talking about an 11 game stretch here since, <laughs> totally. the, since the trade down, right? Like it's a small yeah. sample size, but I think we've seen enough to say this is a legitimately good team. How good? Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to find out over the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, 10 days ago, I was laughing at the idea that they were without LeBron going to get the six seed. And here they yeah. are like a game and a half out of the five seed. So <laughs> it goes to show you how wrong I was. Uh, Alan Trance's AR-15 is the heart and soul of this team. Help them survive the third quarter collapse. Absolutely. Uh, we talked yeah. about that. Kyle, my guy came back again and made fire from ice. I love it now again. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell was great. Um, it's great. Retro Hip Hop says, D'Lo is a shot chucker and shoots lights out at the same time. Explain how. I wish we could. He's he's making good shots. I mean, he's he's hitting shots. And, and Jeff, you were not a huge fan of D'Angelo Russell, yeah, coming in coming into his second stand here with the Lakers. Um, you were not high on him. Yeah. Has your opinion changed at all? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like some of the concerns are there. Obviously, defensively, um, he did have a stretch in the third quarter where there were turnovers, and that was a problem. Yeah. But this isn't a night to be negative. I mean, he is the reason the Lakers won this game. Like I, I can't be positive enough about D'Angelo Russell. I think this comment says it perfectly. He's a shot chucker and he shot the lights out. So there are going to be nights like that. And there have been way more positives than there have been negatives. And so I, I'm, I'm pro D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, and I'm hopeful that I'm wrong over the long haul and not just the short haul. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. There, there will be nights where he does not shoot like this. Yeah, and those and there may be some frustration with those, but he also can have games like this. Uh, it is loading in here. What I what I say, we need D'Lo to come back, and no one will f with us. Uh, we would be undefeated had he not got hurt. It's getting scary when LeBron comes back. I don't know if I'd go that far. They'd be undefeated had he not gotten hurt, but they've been pretty darn good. And they and yeah. and you could see when he was out, and it's not just him; it's LeBron too but they were clearly missing a ball handle. Like it, it stuck out like a sore thumb. And so him coming back is naturally going to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Koa mimics that same thing. And when LeBron comes back healthy, oh boy. Um, let's do this because look, it's a very positive night, but we still need to do the master lock. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night from this one. Again, a very positive night for the Lakers. They pick up a huge win over the Raptors. It was a perfect night in yeah. terms of other results around the NBA, plus the Lakers getting the win. So it was a great night overall. And nonetheless, we got to put something to the master lock. We take whatever is the most annoying thing from the game and we put it in. First, the masterpiece, master's finishing hold, the master lock. So, Jeff, what is getting your master lock tonight? Well, contrary to some of the comments, I'm not going to master lock myself or my own personal takes here. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to master lock the third quarter. Can, can we just make the third quarter disappear? The first eight or nine minutes, an absolutely disgraceful stretch of basketball. Um, the Lakers had what? A eight-point lead that disappeared in about 90 seconds of basketball. Um, it, it just was really unpleasant to watch. So master lock the third quarter because aside from that, 31, 39, and 37 points from the Lakers – uh, in the other three quarters, they played great outside of that. So give me the master lock of the third quarter. I like it. I like it. Master lock the third quarter. That was an absolutely brutal third quarter until AD came out and then they started to, to get rolling again. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was definitely a rough third quarter. So I understand master locking that. You know, when I look at this game, there's not a whole lot aside from the third quarter yeah. to be incredibly upset about. I would say you could master lock AD for a poor performance, but I think the Raptors already did it. Yeah. They had him uh, on lockdown. Um, as the chat is mentioning, turnovers yeah. could certainly be a master lock. And when the Lakers finish with 20 turnovers on the night, that's Riddle. certainly fair. Um, I'm going to master lock though. And I'm going to do this hoping that it improves him. Okay. I'm going to master lock Malik Beasley. Here we go. I think it's time. And I'm getting concerned that the misses might get into his head. So what we're going to do is we're going to slap the master lock on Malik Beasley. And we're going to hope that maybe he's just a little tense in his shoulders. Yeah. And it just, it loosens things up a little bit. And he has a nice fluid shooting motion for Sunday's matchup with the Knicks. Because look, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about how Beasley needs a, ba a bounce back game. At some point, 
the Lakers are going to need a bounce back game from Malik Beasley. Like tonight, Beasley yeah. didn't have it, and Dela was great, and Reeves was great, and Vando was great, and Schroeder was great, and Rui was great. Right, all these other guys stepped up. Yeah. At some point, the Lakers are going to need a five for eight, six for nine, something like that shooting performance out of Malik Beasley in order to win a game. And I sure hope that when that day comes, he's got that in him. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about that game against Golden State. LeBron and AD combined for 25 points. Uh, Beasley had seven threes in that game. Yeah. So he has it in him, um, you know, plus minus tonight, minus 21. He was the worst on the Lakers uh, by 10. Um, but that makes sense. I mean, if the guy is one for six from the floor and not providing you anything really on the defensive side of the ball either, uh, it, it's not a great combination. And, and kudos to Darvin Ham for adjusting the rotation. He played just 21 minutes tonight, and those minutes ended up going to Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves, who who made much better use of them. Uh, Jeff, I would be remiss if we didn't mention this. The Lakers' next game are taking on the Knicks. Okay. Now, tonight, the, the Raptors' backup big is Precious Achua, who likes to shoot from outside, can be an energy guy. You can play Wenyan against him. The Knicks are going to play Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. They're going to play Isaiah Hartenstein. You're going to be at a big size disadvantage using Wenyan in there. Yeah. So, no Mobamba. He's done for, I believe, the regular season. Four weeks till he gets reevaluated. That's going to put him out for the regular season, essentially. Maybe he comes back if they make a long playoff run, but most likely, um, We've seen we have at least seen the last of Mobamba for the regular season. Should they go pick up someone else off of off of the free agent market? And is there anybody that you think they should have their eye on? Yeah, I I I don't know who the name is, but I mean, as you lay it out, it feels like a a pretty gaping hole on the roster. And mm -hmm. to what you're saying, it's not a hole that's going away anytime soon. It's not like there's a guy who's seven to ten days away who's going to solve that problem. And so, um, yeah, I think it's something that they've got to consider. I mean, because when you look at the Western Conference, too, and some of the teams that they could potentially find themselves matched up against, you know, there's a there's a handful of teams out there at the top of the Western Conference that Wenyan Gabriel is just going to get crushed by if he's out there. And Jared Vanderbilt, who can who could play a little bit of small ball five, is too small, you know, yeah. in some matchups. So I, I you would know better the names that are out there and guys and how they might fit specifically, but. Um, I definitely think there's there's a, a warranted level of concern with Bamba's injury and and the Lakers now need for for some size. So Darvin said before the game that he doesn't think that they necessarily have to go get somebody, but they're always looking to improve. He gave basically the coach speech coach speak answer, yeah. where you know you don't want to insult the guys that are on your team by going, yeah, we need to go find somebody like now, right? Like right. you can't say that. You know, so he gave the, the typical, you know, politically correct answer that, you know, well, I think we've got enough as is and all that, but we're always looking to improve. Um, essentially, the guys that are out there, unless, so Nerlens Noel is on a 10-day right now with the Nets. If that doesn't get renewed, he would be interesting. Yeah. But other than that, it's the guys that are out there are all guys that were really good like five years ago. It's yeah. our old friend Dwight Howard. It's Derek Favors. It's LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMarcus Cousins, um, on and on. There's Hassan Whiteside. Those are the guys that you're looking at. Yeah, Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah, yeah. I think you just want a big body yeah. that you can throw at a team when the situation calls upon. Not even to play every single night. Just a guy who can go out there and play for 10 minutes and physically is able to handle an Isaiah Hartenstein or somebody like that without getting just run over. I think that's, that's what you need. And I don't know if that means, Hey, it's Dwight because physically he can be stronger or who it is. If yeah. it's boogie. Um, but I do think you need to go get somebody just to have them for those specific matchups. Yeah. Boogie scares me a little bit because the guys we're talking about, we need them on the defensive side. Yes. Um, you know, so that, that's probably why I'd steer clear of somebody like him. Um, yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard's an interesting one. Obviously, that's he's probably the most polarizing name on that list. But, you know, I, I just think, I, I you know, we keep saying the same thing. I think they need somebody. Um, and uh, just it's just a body. You know, the name isn't really that important. Like, are you are you seven feet and 260 pounds or more? 
And can you, you know, move your feet and stay in front of somebody on the defensive end? We're not really asking for a whole lot. I think it's going to be evident how badly they need someone in Sunday's game against the Knicks. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to lose, but I'm saying the Knicks are going to have an advantage uh, whenever AD goes out uh, in the paint. And it's not saying I don't like Wendy either. I think Wendy's done some really good things this year, yeah. but just he's, he's like six, nine, two ten or something. He's not going to be able to hold his own in the post against some of these other, some of these big guys. So um, it's just something to consider that. And I think the Lakers really do need to be right now scouring the market and seeing what they can find out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, this has been, <laughs> there were moments when it, when I was thinking, Oh my gosh, this is going to be a somber post game show. Yeah. Did not go that way. Fortunately, we saw a great performance out of D'Angelo Russell. We saw Austin Reeves. We saw Dennis Schroeder step up. So many Lakers players step up in order to get the win. They so badly needed three game winning streak. Now they're right there knocking on the door of not just the seven or eight seed, but the six seed. Crazy. Oh boy. This has been a lot of fun. Big game coming up on Sunday against the Knicks. We will be over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers nation. Hopefully you come join us over there. Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming on here and, uh, and help me break down this game. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Let me get a quick plug in Dodger blue, 1958. If you're on YouTube, if you're a, a podcaster search for Dodger heads, baseball season's just around the corner and tons of great content from there. So uh, check us out over there, but Trevor, I always appreciate the invite and uh, getting to hang out with you all in the comments. We appreciate you. And uh, this was a fun one. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And definitely do check out Dodger blue, 1958. They do a tremendous job. Um, and of course the, the YouTube channel is fantastic. And Jeff, Helms up all, all that kind of stuff. So they do a wonderful job over there. So make sure you guys do go check that out. Thank you everybody for joining us till next time. See ya and stay safe. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.